Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How's your Monday? Uh, it's okay, Dennis. I'm I'm trying to figure out how to Tetris this piece into my city, and it's just not fitting anywhere. It's a long way to say that I, I I'm playing the My City with a couple of our buddies of ours, the the digital version on Board Game Arena, and. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. The, the shapes i see shapes in my sleep now like how does this z piece <laughs> fit in with that oh my god it gave me a c piece and how am i supposed to uh, it, it, it it is a good adaptation you, you, we were talked about it a couple weeks ago go back and watch uh, listen to our other podcast about it but you were playing with several friends and i started playing with several, several of our friends and yeah that's a good uh of the nature of board game arena that that game i am in with uh our buddies Fox and Jill mm-hmm. is uh, is ongoing, although it is a campaign game. So I don't know for sure if like we were in the second episode uh, last time we recorded, and now we're in the third. Uh, so I don't know. It's it's n- yes, the games do go. The board game arena games do last weeks and sometimes months if Trotsky is because <laughs> yeah. he takes forever and takes turn. Um, but. Uh, my city is an ongoing game, so that one will for sure last months. Oh yeah, that's sort of the nature of it would last months if you played it in real life, and it's the same. Right. Well, I, I am fortunate this week to be playing with all the people that I'm playing with are our friends that went out on a um, a Vegas vacation this last week. So right. So that they're actually taking their time, like not taking their time. They're they're taking their turns like once a day, which is usually what I do, and I'm one of the slow people in the groups. So uh, mm-hmm. it's weird to say I'm playing with the people who are playing with our ones who take multiple turns every day. Like, I mean, you're you're one of those groups that is every time you get a notification, yeah. you're right there. You you make the move and, and you go forward and I mean and do that stuff. Yeah, I don't I don't get notifications. I used to, um, and then I turned off the board game arena emails uh, because when we would play turn based games in real time, like mm-hmm, together mm-hmm. on Discord, uh, I would get an email about the. Um, about the game ending, which I guess now sort of spoils where sometimes a game will end and I won't notice. It's probably the biggest flaw in uh, yeah, or game in the app in the website. But um, a lot of games have a little like presentation at the end where they'll show the scorecard and they'll fill in the numbers one by one. That takes longer than me getting the email that's like this game is ended. Oh, Cogs Pat won. won. Yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, and I'm like, damn it, no spoilers. I did, I did. Uh, I wanted to kind of note that, and I know we're just talking this, the weird game here on there. That that is a, a complaint about mine that I've said multiple times about Board Game Arena is that it does have that issue of when a game ends, it, it there's no ending thing; it just ends. You get an email saying that's what it was. But my city, right. because it's a campaign, does have that. Like I went to it, yeah. and everybody has to go through and choose their reward or accept their thing or whatever. So you get. Of, like when you go to the screen, it says the turn's over. You see the entire synopsis there, before, and you have to click "Okay, go to next game," which right. which was pretty great. I'm like, oh, this is exactly what I wanted to have. Like this is the implementation of the game's over. I expected to take my next turn and or whatever, or see what happened, and I got a wrap up. Mm-hmm. So that that is because this is a campaign. I wish they would have that on all the stuff where it would tell you. Even you know what a simple thing would say that or, you still have a turn. And then click it, and it's not actual turn, and it shows you that breakdown. Like that's hmm. that's what they would would be nice for to have to do. But anyway, 
my city sure. it, it's pretty good so far i'm we're only on episode two um but that that's because like i said everybody else that's on there takes multiple turns a day but i usually only take one or two i'm trying to be better on it because i'm playing with these guys but thankfully yeah, thankfully I they're in vegas and i only taking one a day i didn't finish that thought but um it's less about the notifications and more that i just if i'm working um i have a tab yeah. uh pinned a pinned tab on my browser and if i have a down moment i'm waiting for you know some process to run or whatever for work right um i'll tab over into that and see if any of those games wait yeah I, it, that seems like something i should be able to to maintain as well because i have multiple monitors most of it my job has so many tabs open it's ridiculous <laughs> all right so anyway m- moving along to to things um so this week um well next hey this week is the the big week of the release of avatar the last airbender and i mean sorry the way of water or something <laughs> the d- darn Shape avatar water? um that's this, this this Friday. I think that uh, Sydney and I are going to go watch that. She goes to her mom's next week, so I want to make sure we get that at one in. Our buddy, yeah, Fo- our buddy Foxes, Fox, yeah, yeah. I, he's got a uh, uh, review up, and I believe right already. Does he have the review out yet? I think I think I he told us about it. I don't know if it's posted. It probably is. Yeah, it probably is. And I, I think he gives it a lukewarm type stuff. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll mm-hmm. have to to see for ourselves. I mean, it's not something like. I'm dying to run out and see, but there's the, I will say this about that thing. I've said it with our friend group is that, um, it is poised to do another gangbuster run and not necessarily because it might be the best, but it's got the super hype for it with marketing that it needs to have. Sure. It's had years yeah. of hype, but I think part of, um, his, um, what's the director's name? Um, James Cameron. Cameron's, uh, success is that he knows how to work the Hollywood crowd. Like he knows how, when to put marketing out, how much to put it out, when to do it, where to do it, and then when to blitz for it. And I think, you know, Avatar has had Mm -hmm. its, it's the new Avatar has had its slow marketing for like a year and a half now, um, at least. And then he's always, he's always kept it. He's always, even though it's not had nothing for 10 years, he's always kept it in the consciousness of like, he'll do a report. Someone will interview him and he'll mention it. He'll talk about all the exciting things. He kind of hypes it up occasionally. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, so it's, it's just one of those, um, it's poison. And then the big part of it is that there's nothing out. Like there's hardly anything out. This is a holiday season that makes there's nothing competing uh, with it. Nothing at all. And and this season of the year makes gangbusters. People are off work and they start going out, and then it's dark outside now and cold. Yeah, and what it a lot out. of a lot of Star Wars came out around this time. Yeah. Uh, Harry Potter movies, for sure. Too. All the all the Hobbit movies. I don't remember the Lord of the Rings to- movies. Totally did. Was totally did in, in like ago, December. But... Yeah, November and December. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, this is the, this is the hot season, and nobody's doing it. And I, and I know there's a lot of discussion we've had in the past, which won't go into about Hollywood and the state of it now but um it's it's you know it's always a game with hollywood like they always look at a big calendar i imagine some you know movie producer on their calendar board of when they have when what movie from what studio you know debuts when um Mm -hmm. but this is clear it's you know they'll do things like oh there's a marvel movie releasing this weekend we're not going to release ours that weekend to compete we don't want to do that right 
Right. Um, so they'll try to, you know, suck all the air out for their weekend and then move it on or money. Um, so people obviously avoided Avatar, but they've 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 avoided it everything after Avatar too. So we have December and January with not a whole lot in that genre or niche of stuff to go watch. So I think Avatar, my prediction is Avatar is just going to sit for at least two to three months being number one mm-hmm. and everybody just going to go see that. Um, right. because all the grandmas and grandpas saw it before it was like the we <laughs> of movies, <laughs> right? Like, why is everyone right. watching this star movie? I don't get it. And it's going to be yeah. the same kind of thing. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's next weekend. I think <sighs> we'll go watch that. Fine. Uh, so but anyway, mov- moving on, uh, you want to talk about our movie this week, our Christmas movie? <laughs> This week we watched Spirited. Spirited starring, Away? Nope. Starring Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I like your response. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, once again, I did not pull up IMDb before we started recording. Um, though I usually remember to do I think that. it's 2022, right? Remember this year. Who else was in this? Um, I mean, I've seen Octavia Spencer and stuff. Oh, yeah. She was great. Um, Mm-hmm. Of course, Tracy Morgan, not uh, so good. Perfect, uh, perfect not, casting not, there. Not seen vo- voice work only there. Um, Andrea Anders was in stuff. Uh, I want to say is that the Ghost of Christmas Past? Uh, no, his his uh, sister. Oh, his sister was she in Better Off Ted? Well, she was in Ted Lasso. Ah, um, she's uh, Ted's wife oh okay um, in in that i think both uh, is this a weird thing to say i know this is a, not really review talk but it felt like his sister the main character's sister and brother were wearing wigs the whole time i their hair was so crazy uh i can't say that i noticed that um i'm working on a project christmas gift and so i ended up kind of listening to a lot of this mm. Uh, movie which is unfortunate because there's a lot of visual spectacle right but there's also a lot of audio stuff that happens like the songs and things. yeah yeah there's a lot of dialogue dialogue between the characters a lot of big songs that yes the songs are better if you can see them dancing and everything but it's you know there's lyrics and music and yeah yeah. getting a lot of it to that point there's so much songs i now I usually like to start with, with positive things and go to the negatives. But I don't start negative and saying that, like, I like musicals and I like songs. But there's also, like, a limit to songs, I think, for me when you watch okay, a musical. Sure, that sure. that I, I dig it good. It's time for an emotional piece. It's time to have a thing. And to do that is, like, I think Disney does it really well. It's one of the things Frozen had going for it is that when it had the music pieces, it it, it was a way to convey emotion that it couldn't necessarily do as well in words. Um, sure. So, so, th- so that's one of the things I think that musicals have going for it is, is to convey emotion. Um, but sometimes it's like, now we just want to have a song and that's what they do. This one had a lot and it was a lot and they could have done with less, but they were th- the upside of that. I think is that most of them were all pretty good. Like they didn't have, eh, that was dumb or it was fine. Um, most of them were pretty good. Uh, yeah. The, the worst, the worst, I think I would say, is like, 
Um, there were moments that were just over the top. Yeah. But I I knew that they were doing it intentionally, like yes. it was part of the whole shtick. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about the uh, the unredeemable song. Oh yeah, right. Where I'm like, okay, how is he? Do- oh, oh nope, it's another key change. We're still going. <laughs> it's, it's still going. Now that like I look up at my my screen and there's you know big choir of people in black outfits with the flashlights or whatever was going on, and I'm like, oh yep, this is the big. This is the big intermission song if this were a stage musical. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're well, going well to hit well this said, big yeah. crescendo and then and then bring up the house lights and everybody's going to get it get a use the bathroom. Yeah. Get a snack and use the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, no, that well well said. That actually is perfect. I mean, I'm sure there will be multiple theater productions of this and that's exactly where they'll cut it. Um Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um it, it's I, I actually the, the thing that made it better was that they they intentionally pointed it out. Like we've said this before with like the Christmas rom-com stuff, how being intentional kind of makes it better type type stuff. Yeah. And at the very yeah. beginning, self-aware is a good self-aware. Idea. That's it. The very beginning, they comment that, you know, it's, this is a musical. And he says, Oh yeah, the afterlife is because that's the way it is. Like they just straight up say, that's the way this is. And we do musicals and you're like, Oh, okay. And there's like these little, new newly deceased characters that are in there occasionally and they're kind of mm-hmm. like the audience surrogate to put in there like oh yeah i they're just dancing and i wouldn't dance or like it, that's so great and then yeah w- it's one- very um it has just enough um um fourth wall breaking yeah right it's not it's not deadpool levels but and they don't they don't talk directly to you, but they're talking they about yeah, the movie. They don't talk they don't talk to the screen, but they do they're like, you know, oh, oh, we're doing another okay, yeah, let's let's do another song. <laughs> do another song, right. <laughs> yeah. Or, or or my favorite, my favorite of all the things, as much as I talk about I'll talk about the songs in here, is when the like the manager guy in charge, Jacob Marley, is like Marley, yeah. He's like uh Oh no 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 no! We don't need we don't need a whole song here, and he just cuts the song short, which was mm-hmm. perfect. I was like, oh, that's exactly how I felt there. So, and then later on, he does, he reprises it and says, okay, okay, fine. I guess this is this is worth it during during the end credits. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, and then you get to see the actual song, which is pretty great. So anyway, yeah. th- this movie, uh, um, I non spoiler type stuff. I, I, I really enjoyed it. It's, it's a weird thing that I, I talked about today in our, our group chat was, um, that we like, I get why people don't like musicals or just here, here in the first two minutes of our talk already have rate have skipped, you know, because like I'll say musical, mm, I'm not interested sure. in it. Period. Done. I get that. I, I do. It's, it's over the top. It's fantastical. It, it, it doesn't, it's not realistic. Anyway, it means that you're kind of watching a cartoon, basically i think kind of yeah i mean i mean think about you probably don't remember this too well but remember during the poster when we watched um bahubali yeah yeah sure the the big tollywood film yep. with the song and dance and the ridiculous oh yeah like wire fights 100 percent. yeah i remember that yeah and they they did that as well in there um the but 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 that, that's okay right i think that that's yeah. um yeah, at, at least for me, that that's you know, it's okay to not like a thing and and be okay with with the genre. You know, I don't like horror movies a whole lot, and I think when someone sees the horror things, like oh, that's 
Shelly does it. She'll say, like, oh, that's me. I want to go see that. I'm like, man, I just don't want to even think about it. I immediately turn that off in my mind type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I, so I, I get that and understand that. And I think that's fine. And if you're still with us, kind of listen to it. I get it. I, I don't want to, <laughs> I also don't want to push people into musicals like, oh, this is one you should go watch. Like, you know, right. I, if, if you decide to give musicals a chance, I've got a couple that I think that introductory people would, would help them and like get them hooked onto it. Um, but I, I don't want to, I don't, I don't think I've ever felt like I need to recommend musicals to people, you know, if they, if, 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 if they're, yeah, if they're not a, if they're, if they are a person who doesn't like musicals. Yeah. I, I, I I'm not going to force that one too. Cause, because it would be, it's like, it's the thing you hate and it's the whole thing is so much like into that. Um, there's a really good, I can't think of the channel now, but there's a YouTube channel, um, with a sort of theater troupe that makes their shows into YouTube, like long YouTube videos. Yeah. And I, I assume they perform them for audiences too. Um, but they have a whole musical, um, about a guy who doesn't like musicals. (laughs) Sure. So, so the, the characters like come into his coffee shop or, or no, the, he goes to the coffee shop. He has a crush on the barista and the, like people on the streets are singing, right. The world turns into a musical and it's a little bit of a, Maybe it's like a zombie story. I forget the details, but it was pretty funny. Yeah, the uh, I'll, I'll post a link to it. So, so yeah, that's a good preface to it is to say that you know, it's, I guess it's the way to say it. if you don't like musicals, maybe you won't like this one. But, but all all that said is that this is a musical, but it has it. it I think it uses music pretty effectively. Uh, a lot of thing about sure. musicals is that um, the hard part about musicals, I honestly believe, is that. The point is to convey emotions, as I said before, in a way that you can't necessarily do with just words always or as well or in a different way. Sure, sure. Um, and if your music doesn't get that, doesn't successfully do that, then and then it's not that great. Like then, then you don't want to hear the song. I'd rather them just say it, you know. Sure. Um, have instead of a whole production value type stuff, and especially when it's not good, and that could fall apart in many ways. The the actor can maybe not be as great a singer or it, the production isn't as good at producing the music. The music itself mm-hmm. isn't good. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that can go into it being wrong. So this one I thought did a good job of every one of its pieces having an emotional meaning. I think all the pieces had to have, that didn't have to have a meaning, but had it, even though there was a lot and it probably could do with a lot less. Um, I did appreciate sure. all of the musical pieces um, that were there. Um, and obviously the two main actors are great. Like all their mm-hmm, scenes mm-hmm. as once they kind of get together are, are wonderful. Um, and both of those two actors always feel like they're enjoying themselves, even making their old movies and their new movies. They feel like they like doing what they're doing. Um, so watching them, it kind of rubs off, I think on the audience, uh, for me at least. Sure. Sure. How do you feel about that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't disagree with any of that. Um, I there were there were moments in the middle, right in the second act or whatever. However, this is structured. I was not paying too close attention to that. Um, where it, I kind of tuned out a little bit. I was like, okay, this is we could have cut this number. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sure. But from the from the setup, right? Like the first five minutes, they're doing this thing. And, and it's, I mean, just the, the, 
the opening sequence um, is, it, it, I mean, I don't want to say it's perfect because that seems hyperbolic, <laughs> um, but it's so well executed. Like, it tells you everything. Like, maybe there's somebody out there who will watch this who has never seen or heard any version of A Christmas Carol. Um yeah. I can't imagine how that's possible. Right. Um, that 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 kind of person. I don't want to. That kind of person sounds derogatory. <laughs> um, that 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 person would watch this, right? That they would maybe they don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sure. But I'm assuming the vast vast majority of people watching this either know what it is, um, or have seen some version of a Christmas. I mean, yeah, there are, there are at least a dozen. I had a whole conversation with my family at Thanksgiving when we were trying to figure out like who watched which one. I always talk about the Patrick Stewart one and we watched it for the podcast. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, one of my brothers loves the Jim Carrey one, even though it's terrible. Um, (laughs) The Muppets made one. My nephew and and my brother in law watched uh, the Disney one with yeah. with Donald Duck. Oh, um, yeah, sure, yeah, there's lots of them. Yeah. Um, the one mom always talks about one with George C. Scott, but that was like in the eighties. Yeah, and I was like, isn't that isn't that the one? And my sister was like, no, we watched we watched a different one with the guy. And I'm like, oh yeah, I remember him like making a snowball and telling the kids that you got to make it with your bare hands. And I don't think that's in every version. <laughs> and it's one it's one from like the thirties, right? That our grandparents would have always had on. Sure, yeah. And you're like, okay, well, I mean, just since I started talking, I think I've named like six or seven <laughs> versions of a Christmas Carol. Yeah, um, right. To say nothing of all of the, like, inspired by, like, the whole framework of a, of a, you know, holiday like, rom-com. Like Scrooge, yeah. Or, yeah. Is, is that kind of, like, somebody gets a glimpse and learns a lesson. I mean, you've right. got It's a Wonderful Life, which is the same thing in reverse. Yeah. There's um, um, family, The Family Man with, uh, with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Um, that's the same kind of thing with... With I mean it's 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 a wonderful life that movie is it's a wonderful life in reverse, um, which is also maybe it's a wonderful life isn't isn't so much Christmas Carol in reverse anyway yeah anyway it's the same it's all the same idea it's like with Christmas with the time of Christmas somebody gets a vision of you know something they, they you know they they see something that they didn't see before whether that's a vision that could be a dream or they go to a small town for a couple of weeks and meet a handsome stranger. Um, it's, it's, it's all the same basic framework. Anyway, I'm, I'm digressing way, <laughs> way afield here. Um, all of the choices in that opening sequence from, you know, making, making the uh the the project character a karen like literal karen like <laughs> at the beginning yeah the perp karen karen blansky i think is her <laughs> Love name it. Right. and i'm like i'm like oh my gosh this is so perfect and then she goes she literally says like what day is this <laughs> you know and all the kids are playing you know and then and then she goes and she plays and she joins in and i'm like this is all it's so on the nose it's like but because of the kind of movie this is like it comes so so fast like like all of this is thrown at you so fast and i'm like this is great this is perfect and then they 
cut to the the first you know the the lead up to the first song yeah and they're like and like oh yeah and this is a musical <laughs> and this is a musical. and they start singing and i'm like this is amazing this is so <laughs> well executed and like i said there are moments in the middle that were a little weak but the the opening is really good and so is the ending yeah um, yeah so you know i i i felt that uh that's what you got to do the, the the thing with you you had said about it like there's so many versions of this, which is, is pointing is is that what, wait that phrase I said. Let's roll that back. Let me let me roll back saying there's so many versions of this. The keyword being this because this isn't a version. I don't. It's got kind of parts of it with with you know Ebenezer and things, but it's right. not a retelling of a Christmas story in a different way. If anything, this could rightfully be called a Christmas story two. And I think it's yeah, I think it's, it's super good that they did not do that. But it's that thing it's that thing that we have a word for now thanks to <laughs> Scream. Right. Um it's kind of a requel. A requel, right, yeah. Where where they're redoing yeah. it, but they're redoing it, noticing it and saying it, yeah. Uh and, and this I like I said, I'm glad that they didn't call it that because while it probably could benefit from the name recognition of, you know, uh, a Christmas story, Christmas or Christmas stories, Christmas or whatever you know, like that's mm. what they're they want to get that audience. Um, th- this didn't, um, and it, I kept worrying about it falling into that. Right? Oh, this is just going to be a Christmas mm. story with Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell, and it's this there. It's like a Scrooged type thing, where you know, because Scrooged was right. a Christmas Carol with Bill Murray. Um, yeah, I didn't even mention Scrooge, but of course, because this movie is the way that it is, they of course talk about all the Christmas Carol. <laughs> they do, right? Um, They're very self-aware and, with it, right? Important. And the, yeah. and the Bill Murray. So, um, the, ver, ver, yeah. So I I I think that's that was one of the really great parts of this was that it just um, you know it it knew what it was um, and it didn't try to be that one. I loved what well, we'll get into spoilers at the end here in a minute. The kind of the moral the way they took it with it mm-hmm. um and um yeah there, there, there's just a, lo- a lot to like how this, this was a christmas story kind of um christmas carol a, sorry a christmas carol um kind of um but not not throwing it in your face not making you feel like this is something that i can just you know I'll forget within the next month. Cause I think this is something that I'll remember mm-hmm. and I'll want to show other people. Cause it's like a different Christmas. It's a different Christmas tale than what you might yeah. see. Um, yeah. So you want to go into spoilers real quick so I can talk about some of the things with that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to hit the bell here. We are going to talk about the plot of spirited in detail. And so if you have not seen it and don't want to be spoiled on any big twists or reveals, you should jump ahead for our final thoughts. So it's got some this some movie, beats, right? Like it's got go ahead, the it's yeah. got the, the, the what, what I mean. It's the best part about when they do the Christmas story beats is that they're again self aware. They're uh, they tell the audience type stuff. He he'll do the like mm-hmm. cue up scene Q nine forty nine B or something like, and you know that's a thing. He's doing the bit, so you know that we're doing the bit, right? Yeah, w- which mm-hmm. I love. Um, so they've got. They definitely do the scenes where the a heart tearjerker where he has the heart part with his sister and, and the stuff like that. And that, that has a little twist in it too. Um, mm-hmm. And so they do the things that a Christmas Carol, you expect from a Christmas Carol, 
but when they do them, they are like, okay, hey, we're going to do the thing because it's kind of important. And they even call it like this is he Will Ferrell's character says, this is this is important. You have to have this. We have to have this in the story for to make it all work. Right. Right. It's it's unfortunate that you did not get to see um, a Hollywood Christmas because that does some of the same stuff where they're like, this is the formula. We have to follow the formula, except in that case, they're talking about holiday rom-coms, not mm-hmm. uh, uh, the format of a Christmas Carol. Though, as I was just saying before we jumped into spoilers, um, a lot of that is inspired by the the high-level concept of quote-unquote Christmas magic. Right. And I do appreciate that this movie does not... Um, for as much exposition as there is, there's no, there, there's no like info dump. Um, yeah. There's no explanation of how any of it works. Like it's Christmas magic. They can only do it at Christmas. So this group of people, this, this, you know, bureau, this, this like organization, mm-hmm. um, does this thing and they can only do it on Christmas night. And they know they don't explain because they don't have to. It's just like, um, just like the original Dickens book doesn't explain anything. Right. It's supernatural. Yeah. Right. He, you know, it could all be a dream. Oh, right. right. Yeah. He, that's eats and he goes home, but he's still like, he's seeing things. But as the Scrooge character says, you know, you may be a bit of undigested meat. Right, like right, it yeah. could be the, the the senses are easily tricked, right? And so he goes to sleep in his bed, and he has these visions. Well, he sees Marley before he goes to sleep, but like he could have fallen asleep in his chair. Like it could all just be a dream, right? Um, and they make they they make allusions to all of that stuff without ever explaining any of it, right? Especially right. when when um, Will Smith meets ryan reynolds in person right. and he's like wait is this so am i dreaming he's like i'm definitely dreaming he's like it's not a dream it's oh, okay it's not <laughs> right. like it, it, you know and and that's great because it doesn't need um it doesn't need explanation it's just these characters are dead right and mm-hmm. they're spirits right that's the whole that's why they called it spirited even though i think in the script they mostly say ghosts like ghost christmas um all oh, right yeah ghost of christmas past ghost of christmas i did notice um because i had the subtitles on that whenever you know once in a while subtitles will have the the character speaking if they're not on screen yeah and it always said present for um will ferrell's character oh instead of saying uh, ebenezer because because i mean that's what it is in the credits yeah right he's present um uh, Sunita Mani is is past, and Tracy Morgan is yet to come. Right. Um, I so um, the the theme of this gave me a little bit of uh, the Good Place vibes. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Oh, that that's good. That's good right. This good kind call. of like, oh, the afterlife is real, and here's a thing that we're gonna, you know sort of use that as a vehicle to to tell this sort of lesson but in an entertaining way right um did you 
So I mentioned that I was sort of multitasking while I watched this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Did you see the reveal coming? I feel like I should have, but I was not paying close enough attention. Oh, that, that it was Ebenezer? Yeah. No, I I I didn't. Um, I, I will say that I appreciated when when it did though. Like yeah, it right. felt like it felt like a major twist. Like once they once they go back to nineteenth century um, um, England, London, I was like, oh oh, of course. It's like everything started to click together. Started to click together. You're like, okay, this is why. You know, Will Ferrell is not playing his character from Elf. Like, he's playing mm -hmm. a guy who has been um, sort of operating on a little bit of a martyr complex for 200 years. Yeah, right. Right? It's like this whole, and hence his big unredeemable, which I was thinking about that because I watched it yesterday. I was thinking about it while I was working, and I was like, shouldn't it be irredeemable? <laughs> like or... grammatically that's the word like i don't think unredeemable is a word <laughs> you can't un but yeah, you've already been redeemed. but it you yeah. know you know it's a song like that's it you know i'm sure that somewhere in the writer's room they're like somebody some intern was like shouldn't it be they're like no it's better this way yeah because it's like it's i don't know more fun or something yeah s stronger yeah, I, I should have figured it out when, or when they kind of gave us the oh, there's only been one other irredeemable person. I mean, they right. were they were giving us a nice little hint there, which I think is important, right? I've I've talked about that in stories and books where they give you no cr breadcrumbs that you could follow, and then like bam, it hits you, and like those aren't the, as great. The the funny thing about that is, I think I knew when Marley says that that they were talking about Scrooge, but I did not connect the dots. That, that he was um, that will that will ferrell was scrooge yeah 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 i i i would say i, I miss it that first time i remember them talking about it but i just didn't think anything about it. at that point or then they say like they say the time right like how long he's been doing it it's like oh like 47 years like centuries um, oh he's been doing 200 you know, I, years yeah I, I did this and this 200 years like Again, like you said, the breadcrumbs were there. I just was not picking them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And which which I super appreciate, right? Like that they they had it for mm -hmm. us and it's there and it, it when it when the air quote reveal happened, um it was like, "Oh yeah. Duh." Right? Like I I should have saw that that coming type stuff and exactly. and and, and, exactly. and I, well well done, I guess is the thing. So, um yeah, I, I I liked that that angle of it. I liked it. they immediately called the boss Marley once they kind of added that. You know, and like, oh yeah, there, there's and he plays mm. Jacob Marley, um, right? That that character, I'm like, oh, so so well done. Um, so I liked the biggest appreciation I have for this movie is that it definitely had a Christmas Carol through it. That's because that's their that's their shtick, that's their thing. They gave us the whole Karen yeah. thing at the beginning, just like you said, this perfect setup at the beginning to let you know that like here's what we. It's that Maverick thing I almost said, like where we talked about where they gave you the nostalgia what you wanted right off the right at the beginning. And then now let's tell our story, right. um, which yeah. is what they did here. They gave the Karen thing like, yay, it's all done. And, you know, Christmas is done. It almost starts how Halloween town does in Nightmare Before Christmas. Like, yay, Halloween's over. And yay, Christmas is done. Now it's time for to get for the next next year. Um, so the story here is it's a it's a flip uh, because you have two big stars 
right? And mm-hmm. and when you watch the show, you're like, okay, who's the main characters? Who's the main person? Is going to be Ryan Reynolds or Will Ferrell? Is it going to be Ryan Reynolds with Will Ferrell upstaging him, or is it going to be Will Ferrell with Ryan Reynolds upstaging him? How's this going to work, right? Um, All right. But this made it because it's two main stories successfully, mm-hmm. right? It, it yeah. and and you're like, that's hard to pull off. That's real hard to pull off. And the the Ryan Reynolds character was the obvious part, which they kept pulling back in. And like, it can't be obvious because it's obvious. And he was very aware of it. Right. Um, And so that was unique in its own spin. And then it had its own great ending with, you know, kind of the whole thing with the ending with him Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the moral of the story, I think of the whole show with him was great. And then the the second one with like, Oh, we we're going to make sure Will Ferrell, this great actor, this great thing has this character has his own arc and story, which so right. so you do have two main stories, which bonds the two characters as they kind of jokingly say as bros, um, mm-hmm. and which makes it a little even sweeter at the end, like when he pushes him in front of the bus. So, um, right. I I liked all the parts with Ryan Reynolds because they were very Ryan Reynoldsy, um, but just great, and he. I liked the way they played him as a social media antagonist type thing, right? But not evil. Like, I think always Scrooge was evil. Like, he just felt like a terrible rotten to the core person. This guy is modern day rotten to the core, right? I always, maybe not always, but I, for the last handful of years, always interpreted Ebenezer Scrooge as just like the worst version of a capitalist. Yeah, right. Right. So I don't know that he like he doesn't he doesn't seem hateful, especially when you see all his backstory. Like he was, you know, he started out very pragmatic, mm-hmm. right? and I can't believe that I am now like c- trying to just, but not justify per se. Like he's clearly a completely self focused person, especially by his old age. But when you see his life sort of lead up to that you're like okay well i can see how he had this focus and then this this drive and had you know had really no room in his life for anything else and so he got to old age and was alone and just sort of stayed in that in that place until he you know saw these visions yeah um and so, I mean, I can see how you'd call that evil. I don't know. That doesn't seem like the right word. To yeah, me, but that's fair. Yeah. It, they they anyway. even say that. I think that's one of their points is that like, it's not, it's shades of gray here, guys. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's important. It's one of the, one of the best things of, of this was that the, the fact that we're, we're not, it's not black and white. Like Dickinson said with the, the Scrooge is pure evil type thing turning into pure good. Um, Mm-hmm. I appreciate, by the way, the fact that they said he only lived three weeks. That was excellent. Um, there's a there's a lot of that that's like, oh, interesting. So, like, it's sort of a sequel, but then it's also like, well, yeah, this and and this and yeah, you know, and so that that adds to his um, his character. Yeah, and and then um, the other moral of the story that I liked a whole lot was that it doesn't, you know, it's not like it's almost like they they're saying it's not like a movie, which it is a movie, but like they're right. they're saying like. People change not overnight. They could have a realization like he did and feel something and have a kind of a thought, but it takes a long time. And their last one of their last songs was of the multiple songs they have is 
this, um, you know, it takes every day making a different choice about something, doesn't? You don't yeah. change your whole life. And I think that's a that's a good, that's a better story almost for people about this thing. I, it, the, the Christmas um, Carol is something to, is a good story, but not any realistic or relatable because people don't change. You can't wake up tomorrow and have a realization and all your evil enemy bullies aren't going to have that either, but they could wake up and potentially learn to try to do something better every day, or you can do make something better every day to become a better person. And that was nice. And then obviously they killed the main character. We weren't spoilers um, with Ryan Reynolds, which (laughs) was excellent because they established that he's not going to change tomorrow and that he's going to be a villain every day. Um, But then he does something truly good to show you that in his true core of himself and they have that whole musical cut so they can you know solidify the emotional impact that his sacrifice is giving and then they kill him and i'm like oh man well done like Mm -hmm. that's that's how to twist it give your give your message you want and still give me the feel-good ending that i kind of want to have right you know because because i'll I think if the other way had happened, if he just died and then went into the light, I'd have been like, oh, that was kind of a letdown ending. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's it, it sort of, it felt like that was what they were, they were heading toward. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. And then they twist it and it's all full, like happy ending all the way down. And I do, you know, thinking back on it, I, I also appreciate the Will Ferrell resolution where like you know now he has this life that he because that's part of the core of his character right is that fanny his or his fanny's sister Mm -hmm. um his sister dies and no his sister doesn't die um she does eventually right it's a similar sort of structure of um of ryan reynolds character's life right where his nephew Mm-hmm. is still living but but he has a girlfriend when he's at school in college right and she breaks up with him because he's so focused on money on profit and and so he wants this family life and he gets that but he's still like once he has it like he's still real person right he's still right. like frustrated with his kids yeah right. um which was great yeah i i uh just just a lot of that with the story. We just kind of highlighted a few things here. But I, I liked so much of it when when Reynolds would point out that this doesn't work now because we're aware of, of, of what's going to happen or what I'm supposed to do. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, here's the part where or, – or the subversion of the of the story. Oh, here's where he goes and sees his sister die. And the, and the way the original story works out is that he sees it. He regrets that he didn't become a better person because of her. And she was the light of his life. Um, and she died his, you know, rela- whatever relationship he had. Therefore he needs to kind of recommit himself to being good. Like in her memory, that's what you expect. And that's mm-hmm. not what happens, right? You go in there and right. it's, it's a, this is when he intentionally turns to where he is and not turns, but shows that who he is and he does it to her and lets her down and he can't change that. That's not something that if you go into the, like, back to present time and now he goes he can't go fix tiny tim and the crutch he can't go right. you know give give the, the crutch stuff and save their lives that's something he did and he's terrible because of it and he's never going to not be terrible because of that he can kind of step forward every day which is that moral of the story here 
but he's still mm. got so much at his core. And that's kind of like a, was a core memory that becomes who he is turning his sister, right. you know, his niece down to razor for his brother. Um, like in a bad way. So right. that, again, just little, little twists and turns that this, this film did to make it its own movie and well done and get those plot points that you kind of want to have, but just in a better way. That's more modern, I guess. So yeah. Uh, coming out of spoilers, thumbs up for me. I like this one. It has a lot of musical numbers. Yes. Mm-hmm. That, that is, that is a downside. The musical numbers are good and they're, they're all of them are pretty catchy tunes. I'll watch it again and probably start listening and singing the songs a little bit myself. But if you aren't a fan <laughs> of musicals anyway, that's only going to be a more deterrent to it. Um, sure. Uh, but if you're if you're not necessarily a fan, but you're okay with musicals, yes, this will have a little bit more of them. They're totally toler- tolerable and and um, and fine. The story itself is great. Uh, all of the little parts mm-hmm. are are good. The actors are great. Not just the two main leads, but all of the other ones are well cast and well put in. So thumbs up for me. I would recommend it to anyone who you know doesn't mind a musical. It definitely would. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'll and I'll watch this multiple Christmases. I will I will say for sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't know um, how many of my family have watched this, but um, I might try to get it put on again at Christmas when we're all together. Um, at least, probably not. Uh, you know, try to try to get everybody to sit down and watch together, but you know, put it on for anybody who hasn't seen it um, because it's great. Yeah, yeah. To- to- totally, totally worth it. Um, we didn't talk about this next thing. What's uh, who, whose turn is it? This next thing was that that was your go, right? Yes. Was it mine? I, I, don't, I think that we was. sort of both picked two weeks ago, and so <laughs> uh, was was this yours? And and I was supposed to find a uh, a rom com, which um, I picked one from uh, our buddy Pete, who watches a lot of these. Um, well, Hollywood Christmas. Well, I think which this one. I, did watch, I think this one yours because the previous one is mine at Disenchanted. Uh, but oh, right, right, right. But right. that being said, it being my pick this week, I'm still going to pick the one that you're just talking about anyway. Um, so that was the the one that our buddy Pete had recommended. Um, oh, gotcha. Yeah, so because because I think that's a good choice, and and you were just going to mention it, and I thought, oh yeah, that's 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 what I want to pick anyway. Um, so it's it's a Christmas rom com we're picking this week. As as we do, um, and what, what's the name of this one? A Hollywood Christmas. Hollywood Christmas. Okay, all right, cool. And uh, he he seems to uh, Pete Pete is our our buddy Pete. He's been on the show a couple of times. You can go back and look at his episodes on the website. Um, is um, uh, he likes to watch these kind of alternate? I don't know, is alternative the right word? Like shows or things? That he you know it does always he watches the mainstream things. He's seen most of the Marvel stuff, but. Um, he watches right. a lot of things that you might not, you know, be necessarily mainstream things all the time. Uh, and yeah, gives he's us sort of my go-to. Like, I know that if, um, like, I think he was the first one to tell us about Ted Lasso. Yeah. Um, he watches a lot of content from Hulu and um, and Apple Plus, mm-hmm. Apple TV Plus, whatever. Yeah. Um, that's called. And so he's sort of my like barometer he also um while he'll give blanket like lists right of like this is good this is like this this is this is sort of like that um 
I think he's thoughtful in his recommendations in terms of who he is talking to. Yeah. Um, and will, you know, tell, I mean, a couple of my uh, um, shows, that, uh, TV series that I've most enjoyed were ones that he recommended that I had, you know, maybe not even heard of sure. along the way, like um, Trying and uh, Acapulco, uh, yeah. which are both i think those are both apple tv plus yeah um yeah so so, so he he re- I, recommended this one he watches him and him and his girlfriend watch a lot of these shows every there is kind right. of their thing right um so we we've gone to him before and we're going to hit some and he highly recommended this one so i'm let's and, and i you know i've talked about last couple of weeks i have a, a a voracious appetite this year for those kind of shows just just watch them so that's my pick for this week a hollywood christmas it's netflix yes uh, I believe so. I think so. They, they, I think I heard in in the chatter there's there's comment on the Christmas Prince, which is definitely a a, a, a Vanessa Hutchins thing. Didn't you tell me or say somebody that there this is the first year without a Vanessa Hutchins? Uh, that was Pete who said that. No, this one's on HBO Max. I remember oh, okay. because right. I looked it up. Um, I looked it up because this is a sort of meta where they're. Like, the characters are making a movie. Um, and it reminded me of Reboot, which was a show mm-hmm. uh, you recommended and I actually watched all of. Um, yeah. I, re- I, re- and... I was like, I, I got to get to this one. And all of a sudden, done. Dennis is done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it's short. I don't have a lot of, like, half-hour shows that I'm watching. Yeah. Um, and it's surprisingly good for what it is. Like, it's, it's very meta, but it has the thing, like... Um, uh, uh, what's the, what's the Sandra Bullock Channing Tatum movie? Um, oh yeah, we just watched. You just talked about that a couple weeks ago. Uh, Jungle. Yeah. What the heck is that movie called? Lost City. Lost City. Um, it has that thing where like the characters are making a sitcom, but the episodes of the show that we're watching also have kind of sitcommy elements. Yeah. Right. There's no laugh track or anything, but the writing is very sort of convenient like a like a sitcom that's how this movie is um i never finished my main point or, or They're show, making a show. Movie yeah, yeah. and and the um the trailers on the lot are the same brand of trailer and probably the same literal trailers from reboot mm-hmm. um and so i was like is this the same production company um but uh, uh, reboot is is Disney. I think it's also Hulu. Mm. Um, but it's probably just like you know, it's filmed in the same place in Hollywood, and so these are the the trailers that they have that they use there right. already. They use their own trailers type stuff, right? Right, right. Uh, yeah, I I, um, uh, I watched that one. I watched the first episode, and then Shelley did the same thing you did. It's like it. It's one of those. It, evidently, it becomes like a. Um, a drug type thing where you like you take a little bite and you want some more type stuff because um, because Shelly had the same kind of review as like I just watched four or five episodes right in a row, <laughs> which is funny. We we talked about this before in the past where where uh, you know you can complain about a three hour oh I don't want to watch a three hour movie then you sit and watch five episodes of a half hour show um, no no problem um, I, I think some of that is that that you have at, at every thirty minute time you have an opportunity to quit. To, yeah, you have a you have an out, right? Yeah. Like, uh, do, yeah. how do I feel um, right now? You know, do I feel like another one? You know, 
Yeah, something else um, I've had on my list to watch since it came out, uh, we talked about it in our movie club, um, is a documentary uh, that I think will might get nominations um, for things. It's called Goodnight Oppie. I saw that I in the list I'm, of stuff, yeah. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. It's on um, Amazon Prime. Uh, it's a documentary about um, the Opportunity rover that we sent to mars yeah okay all right I, i'm in now I'm in, I'm in this okay yeah i think that that sounds like something that might interest you so if you have time in addition to the 90 minutes you'll spend watching uh, a hollywood christmas <laughs> um then we'll and this is a movie not not about. a series yeah i mean it's a documentary, documentary so it's right an hour 45 it's just, it's just so weird it's just talking to senator picked up from school today saying that uh I, I haven't watched a good documentary in a while, and mm. I, I need to watch some. That's my. That's very fortuitous. Then, well, for our uh, movie club, we watched um, "Fire of Love," "Fires of Love." Okay. Uh, fires, fires of love. I spell it right. Fire of love. It's single. Yeah. Uh, singular. Um, that was on Disney Plus, and it's. It's, it's it's i mean it is a documentary because it's definitely not a movie um about uh maurice and katya Kraft, who were volcanologists which means volcano uh, uh scientists oh yeah right who wrote a bunch of books not and made Spock a bunch people. of films no right um although that's it's related i mean i think at one <laughs> point sure. we thought there was another planet that we called Vulcan and yeah. even Vulcan in Star Trek canon is a kind of hot volcanic yeah. planet. Um, but I derailed you there. Sorry. I mean, <laughs> I mean this, th- it's a national geographic, right? So it's on Disney plus. Mm-hmm. It was very strange. Like it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was bad, but it was just this sort of like long slow montage of this couple's life with some with just surprisingly little information considering it's a documentary um i think i learned a couple things about volcanoes and and that was basically it but definitely filled with very um like compelling footage right because this couple you know recorded like took pictures and video of volcanoes basically mm. their whole lives um but anyway one of the other movies uh, or documentaries that we mentioned in that conversation was goodnight oppie and so it's been on my list to to check out because it sounded interesting um and so i'm gonna try and find time to watch that this week good good night oppie mm-hmm. i'd watch that one um okay cool I I, uh, I I heard you watch the rest of Avenue Five. I, that's one I still have to, to finish watching this weekend. It's been a a rough weekend, but I I do look forward to to watching that. I kind of, I have the same feeling I always have, which is always terrible. That feeling of like I really enjoy a thing and I don't want it to end, and I know there's the end. So as mm. as, as shows get closer to the end, it's that double edged sword of like I really want to have I want to watch watch more of this, but I don't want to watch it because it's over for like two years. Sure, sure, yeah. Type thing. It's such a different thing than I had when I was younger because, you know, we, we talk about this a lot where seasons would last from 
September until, you know, May. And then you'd only have like three months where you don't, you don't watch that. And that during that three months, you're out doing summer stuff. Um, sure. And then you come back and you have, you know, another season of your favorite show. Um, and not anymore these days. You, you have, you know, two weeks of it and then, or three weeks and then, you know, three years of nothing. I mean, it depends on what your favorite show is. If it's, uh, you know, NCIS. That's okay. Uh, that's fair. Uh, right. Yeah. Daytona that, or whatever. Then. Uh, <laughs> they, nice, Dennis. <laughs> NCIS Daytona. <laughs> you should have said like Dayton, I Ohio. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think NCIS has city spinoffs. That's, uh, that's um, CSI. <laughs> that's very true. I, but, I, I had said before about how, how. I got in and Shelly was watching 2020 and it, and I paused, she paused it to go to the restroom or something and I looked over at the screen and I was like, episode like 423, how, how am I going <laughs> to, or no, season 43 or something like, I can't catch up with you on this one. But Right, right. Yeah, That's you're right. Depending on, depending on what your show is. Uh, uh, my shows I watch is like, you know, I want, I want to watch a new um, uh, episode of Strange New Worlds and I have to wait, you know, three three years for them to come out and or whatever, I've, whatever. I've rewatched a couple episodes of that, and it is still great. Yeah, uh, I rewatched the whole season. I think two weeks ago was I watched it. It was, mm-hmm. It's so easy to watch. It's and it, I I personally here's my little thing, Dennis, is that because I'm a uh-huh. movie watcher or a, re, or a show rewatcher, so many times um, is that uh, it, it's it's something that I love having on. We talk a lot about having something on in the background. I, I love having. Kind of, it's you know, some people will listen to music and they have music on in the car or at work mm-hmm. or something, and it's always kind of a, it's just an underlying comforting thing that you have that kind of sets your mood, you know, um, type stuff. Sure. And that's how it is for films with me a lot of times. Is that I, that I mm. like when a when a show can transition into this like normal playlist type thing that I'll have on in the background. It, it, it's a not it's something to pay attention to, but it's nice to look over every once in a while. Like, oh, I like the hot dog hands. That's great. It's the hot dog hand scene, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that. Obviously, I still watch Star Wars movies today, till still today, every week. Um, in the same way, watch you know, using air quotes here. Um, but uh, yeah, this, this is you know, Strange New Worlds is one that I think easily fit right into that. When I I put it on a couple weeks ago and was just playing it all day, and by the end of the week it's half the week even and it's it's over um and i just love i love all the little bits and pieces of it um mm-hmm. even the worst rated scenes have wonderful uh parts to it or things that i had forgotten and, and i'm not really watching it intently so um i hope that this next season comes soon but not too soon it can come come whenever speaking of soon and not too <laughs> soon did you see that uh diablo 4 has got a release date on it i saw Yes, I saw that date and saw it was like June of next year. And so I was like, well, I will think about this again in like May. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's why I don't want to talk too much about it because I had the exact same feeling. Um, the, the interesting part of the back issue of this is that it's Blizzard, right? Blizzard and all their controversy they've had in the last year or two. Sure, um, sure. And, um, and the, the, uh, it's almost like... Um, Blizzard was very, I would say, secretive about their inner workings with their games. Um, mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the general mantra with with Blizzard is it's done when when it's good, right? Which I have four years. You can go back and listen to any of these podcasts that I have. We're always very you know skeptical or the whatever type thing of that. Um, mm-hmm. And 
now they have to be a lot more transparent or they're they're being a lot more transparent with their processes and what they're doing and how they work things and what why they're making decisions that they do. Not a lot of companies need to or have to, but kind of Blizzard does right now because they want to do stuff. And now employees have a lot louder voice than they did before. Um, mm-hmm. So when you have things like Diablo 4 being released on a release date, you also have now employees coming out all over the place saying, oh, it's too soon and it's crunch time and and mismanagement. And all of a sudden you start coming out with all these different stuff of like how their process at Blizzard isn't perfect. It isn't some like wonderful, you know, iterative process that they have that's full of happiness and joy at every step. Uh, a lot of their games take six years because they totally are terrible for two or three years of it. Um, and sure. then, and I then, mean, and then finally they well, hit like a sweet yeah. spot and then they're like, okay, it's at a spot right now we can do Now we can release it. And, and, yeah. and, 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 or they get to the point where stakeholders are finally fed up with 10 years of not having a game and they say, sure. put a game out. Darn it. It finally, the pressure comes through, uh, that they put something out and then we get what we have. Um, so it's, it's just, a, that's the only thing I wanted to say really about Diablo is that we, we're kind of seeing a little bit more of, of Blizzard's backside of it. Cause in the past, what they did, for example, Overwatch two, they would say we're having Overwatch two and then dark for eight months, 10 months, maybe a year. Right. Sure. And people, and they so dark that they're like, hopefully at BlizzCon we'll have something. Hopefully we'll have something. And then they have like a five minute clip, you know, or a 30 second clip in one of their montage videos with Overwatch. And then that's it. And they're like, we're not going to talk about it anymore. Um, and now nowadays, no, they they at every time there's an announcement, there's a billion people speaking out. There's managers talking. There's there's corporate people talking. It's just it's a different thing with this so far with Diablo Four where it's been. It's it's I'm not sure it's good or bad or that I care too much um, because honestly, the thing is, it just shows that they're just like any other company, right? They just yeah. you know yeah. a lot of game companies make wonderful games every year or every two years or something like that. They can do it. Some people make terrible games every six months, right? Um, Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just a game company um, and how it is. Um, Some of their games are going to be good. Some of their games are going to be bad and and that's all right. So I'm, I'm looking forward to Diablo four, but uh, I will say that Diablo immortal has kind of filled my Diablo need uh, because, because it was fun. It, yes, it's not like, a full-fledged awesome Diablo. I, I get that. Um, right. But, you know, I got to slay a ton of of monsters all at the same time, <laughs> running around collecting the same thing. I had the inventory screens with, you know, I had to Tetris things together, and, you know, all the different classes that I want to play are there. So, and Diablo 4 won't have too much different. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I wonder if the the brand will come out the same on this one or not or how blizzard's brand will will come around on this one but yeah yeah i mean i for i mean pretty much since i learned of these these things they not i'm not talking about the controversy i mean just the concept the 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 high concept or the mythos of uh a mythos of um of blizzard i as a programmer as a developer was fully behind it right like Mm. yes of course i want the new thing now but i would much rather 
have a new thing that's good. It's saying that this comes out every time we talk about uh, quantity versus quality in in TV shows or movies. Um, I, but I'm not, you know, I'm not dogmatic about that, right? I very much believe that um, good creative work takes time, but there are limits to that, right? When I hear that my, you know, one of my favorite authors hasn't put out a new book in seven years, I'm like, okay, man, like I, I was with you. I was on your side mm. for the first five years, <laughs> right? Right, I'm right. Making, I'm making those numbers up, but I'm like, sure, of course, like, a book in the Song of Ice and Fire series, uh, you know, George Martin, Game of Thrones, obviously takes a long time, right? Like, you've got to really, there's all these bits and pieces, of twists and turns, and political alliances, and all of this stuff. But I'm like, okay, five years is a long time. <laughs> I I get that it becomes less of a long time the older you get, but still, come on. Yeah, like, yeah. Something. Well, something. well, with this one, um, I, th I think the key part... And so, in the... In the let me just yeah, go sure. through because I mean this is a conversation we've sure, had several sure. times. If you go back in the in the years we've been doing this podcast, um, to me I always looked at it as a sort of it's like freelancer versus client or creatives versus uh, management kind of thing. It's like yes, obviously you need salespeople, you need money people, you need managers to you know the sort of this this division of of talent and and ability um kind of thing going on but very often when something is bad it's because it was rushed and oh, sure. that's not even that's not even taking into account the audience right the players video game like i play video games but the the community of video game players have some of the worst people i mean <laughs> sure yeah b barring literal like nazis neo-nazis whatever <laughs> although there's certainly some overlap there um right right you know there was a poll years ago it's probably over 10 years ago now somebody did a poll of like what's the worst corporation in america and the people voted ea right electronic arts <laughs> in a time when you know like BP had just had that oil. Sp I mean, that's British. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. It, it might not have been America. It might have been global. But like, you know, we still have and had Philip Morris and Exxon and, you know, whatever. I don't think people were full on board with hating uh, Amazon and stuff like that or or Walmart or whatever. Like there are all of these companies like that that depending on your point of view and your perspective i'm not trying to make a big political statement here but like there there were companies and maybe i should have just stuck with philip morris <laughs> um <laughs> like there there are companies doing legitimately like putting negativity into the world yeah and and you're gonna bash a video game company because they didn't put they locked Darth Vader behind in-app purchases in the latest uh, <laughs> right. uh, Star Wars Battlefront game or whatever. Um, right. And so, like, I'm not on board with, like, pandering to the video game player audience. Sure. Um, either. I that, yeah. And so I looked at it and was like, oh, of course, the pointy-haired boss, Dilbert 
uh, uh, per, you know, voice says, when is this going to be done? Or when is, when is the release date? When, when, when is it coming out? And the, the creative, the person doing the real work says, it'll come out when it's done. It's a very like, I don't know, Zen, old world, you know, uh, Eastern kind of, kind of philosophy of like, yeah, this, or maybe not even Eastern, but like a lot of things worth doing take a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you don't know. And, and so like that, that was sort of my, and it's part of why I struggled so much with the, with the controversy, with the lawsuits and all of that stuff with Blizzard, because it was sort of this, you know, this layers of like, first, this company that I that I respected that I put up on this ridiculous pedestal turns out to be in in this regard anyway no better than any other company. Yeah, and, and then I, I think that's important is that they're just another company. And, they're just a big company. And then, and then to sort of face the like, oh, why, why was I, you know, what what was it that you know made me feel the need to have this sort of like, um. Um, I don't, I want to say brand loyalty, but that's not even really what I mean. It's almost like, it's a weird kind of like, um, oof, I'm going to say idolatry, which is a really heavy <laughs> word in this context, but it's, you know, it's that meme of like, you know, tell me you're an X without telling me you're an X. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. Right. And the, and the tweet I always think of that somebody replied to that was, uh, the question was, tell me you're a gamer tell me your gamer without telling me your gamer right and the response was um i will spend hours or i will spend massive effort defending a massive corporation i think i said massive twice there <laughs> but I'm, I'm not quoting it verbatim um um i will spend great effort defending a massive corporation from mild criticism yeah sure. right it's like it's like this company this this anonymous mask and sure there are individuals that you can have any for whatever but like chris metzen is not blizzard right blizzard is sure. this massive group of people and and we certainly i have some have the same like emotional association had the same emotional association with them that i would have with like a family member or a close friend and that's not good that's not right right because um, they, they are for money and uh, not to mention that they're they're a, a huge corporation like when they get to a certain size i guess exactly you say, i guess that would be okay for like small companies when you get like people made valheim or something there's like six employees and like you can sure. kind of feel that to it right i, I guess that's yeah. thing. but well with, I, and i understand that i i get that too i i think with Blizzard. All of that to say, I have complicated feelings about Blizzard. <laughs> well, uh, I didn't mean to go off on it. No, no, that I thought that was good. I, I, I mean, that's that's a good perspective that I think a lot of people do do have and feel it that same way too. I, with me, it was always this, you know, realization that it's a company. It's especially they've gotten to such a big thing, and and I, but you can never argue with the fact that a lot of their games are are, are really good. Um, I, I think one of the things that's more, but it was always for me kind of unrealistic that I also believe that, that you know generally speaking quality comes with time but it doesn't always that way i also know enough of my professional life to know that like i can do real quality work in two days 
Like I can do some really good stuff that's really big depending right. on, on what it is. It, it doesn't necessarily – and I can also spend three months on a project and come out and it's just okay, right? Sure, um, sure. And there and there are examples, of course, of like Mozart never finishing his Requiem or um, – Right. Uh, 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 is it Da Vinci? Not Da Vinci. Uh, Mona Lisa. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's was never finished. Yeah, so um, so so that, that that's the idea that like I was never a, a, a believer in that like that that can't that's not always a thing. There's more to it than that. And it, the way it's coming, kind of not going to say coming out, but like the as thing the the curtains pulled back. It's it's less of like they they have one way, and that was one of the things too. It's like okay, what is the Blizzard way? All they would say is time, and time. That's not the answer. It can't be true because people can take years and years and still make floppy games and still, you know, whatever it was. It, it seems that a lot of their stuff is just iterative time that they just spend forever working on something forever. And it's, it can be terrible and then it'd be good and then go back to terrible again and then get to situations where it's wonderful. And they just keep tinkering and don't release on it. And then finally, you know, it hits a, a, like an up a mountain part where they've spent too much time, and somebody just says, "Okay, we're finally at the top of a hill here. Let's 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 just finish it up, and then do the do the what they call the crunch, right? To finish it up as is." Hmm. But it wasn't any like the. It's still they could have had a great game on any of their games in two years if they had set a, a, a like a design goal and gone through the process and made a thing and. And because they have talent, they have incredible talent at Blizzard. They always have, and you mm. know, amazing people, amazing. The people love what they're doing. Not everybody, but it's a big company. But you can just tell, and the, the stuff that they do, and the artwork, and the stories, and just everything about it is so well. Um, and these people can go to other companies and do just wonderful work there in a year or two, and not take ten years to do something. Blizzard's was simply that they don't have a really good process in internally to like make timelines instead they just keep working at stuff as like almost like a passion project um until it until it gets to a point where like okay sure now now is a good time and then do that that yeah. crunch um that seems to be what it has with with um with diablo i mean we kind of saw that with diablo more when you see a lot of blizzard games you'll see them at or in early versions, and their early versions look like finished versions. And I know they're only releasing certain parts to, so you can see. But yeah. when, when you're so far into a game that you're like, I would play that right now and have a great time playing it, um, and then it doesn't release for four more years, you're like, I, I don't understand that, right? It's because they constantly go back into drawing boards. Um, and what you see, what we find out now about Blizzard is that it's just, it's it's no special thing. They just have a lot of money, and they have a lot of people that can aren't giving them pressure to do it. Not that they need pressure or that that's a bad thing or that their, their stuff is. Um, but maybe in this transparency, what will come about is that we can get games from blizzard with these wonderfully creative people, these just great employees a little bit more often. And, you know, instead of waiting so long for a, a, a new Diablo 10 years, we can get one every four years you know, or five years mm -hmm. or, or not, or not Diablo, a whole new franchise, right. Or a whole new type thing. Um, right. Because it is a good company and not the company itself, but like creatively um, mm -hmm. and, and can do great stuff. They've got wonderful IPs that I love and they put out new IPs with really great stuff and some really passionate people. And, and I love their outside things with BlizzCon and, and, and support with, with their, um, their player base. So I'm still a fan of Blizzard. 
but in the same kind of way that they were, but I was with them before. Um, I like their content. They just got to put it out there so that I can play it. Um, so we'll see what Diablo <laughs> is. And, I, and I'm excited enough about Diablo um, to look forward to it. But like you, I will probably not care again until May at most. Um, until they give me some kind of pre-order bonus to, to do it. Yeah, yeah. And I also, you know, I don't know. There's there's new WoW expansion. And I, I almost updated my client. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? I have to... If I am going to do that, I have to not only resubscribe, I have to buy the expansion and get invest. And 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 then do I want to you know, give them that much money right now? And and then and then before I even get to that consideration, you know, mentally picture logging in, what kind of character was I playing last? What class were they? And what do their bags look like and i was like <laughs> you know what no i'm not i'm not doing it this time i might at some point especially if our friends are playing but oh yeah yeah Fr- friends are playing I'm, that's I'm, all i'm all resisting other. the urge this time well the 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 thing that helps me with some of that is that um i still have two mm two mmos that are that are installed and on my desktop that I regularly update as for that, for that kind mm. of, when I have those feelings of, of just in case that's, um, uh, never winter. And then, uh, the old Republic for the star Wars ones. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and those are free to play. That's kind of a, where I was going to go here with these. It's like that. I, I don't want to dismiss. Wow. Wow. is a fantastic game. Every expansion mm-hmm. is a full fledged fun thing. Um, for the most part, I think I'd still put that up at the top of most people's lists as a quality, quality game. Um, mm-hmm. but, but you, you, you know, you pay for, for that quality, which is good. I'm not knocking that, but the, there's a lot of good free to play games that I can play with high quality stuff. Even like final fantasy 14, if you haven't purchased it already, you can play for free for a long friggin' time for incredible quality content. Um, and a lot of the oh, good, right. The good, you know, free to play MMOs, Star Trek Online. There's another one that I've got. Uh, have really, really great content in them that you can play right now without having to to pay an arm and a leg and invest in front. Because when I invest in buying an expansion and then paying a month sort of thing, I get that I hundred percent have a sunk cost fallacy that I have to play it. Sure, right. So I I got to get my money's worth type thing, and <laughs> I pay for a battle pass at Overwatch. I better replay this game every time. Um, Right, which you know, it's nice to have the other the options where I, you know, I I get online and I'll play a couple quests and then I get my fill of it and then I'll go and and not play it again. Maybe spend three or four extra dollars on something that I like, but um, that was that was the other reason I'm not too hyped is because I thought Diablo Immortal was fine. Like I bought the battle pass and I kind of regretted it because it gave me that that. Uh, uh, like, well, you called it sunk cost fallacy. That's probably a decent, decent uh, term you, of you, art for it. Um, to just log in and do my bare minimum of chores to keep my whatever the thing was rolling yeah. every day, and I didn't really. It it just it just wasn't that fun to me. Like well, it was fun. Some of the best parts of MMOs. Hate it, yeah. But, some of the best parts of MMOs are, is the multiplayer part. Um, the exception to that, I think, is Final Fantasy XIV. I think it's got it's a. We said this before when we talked about it. It's like it's such a big single player game 
Um, yeah. And, and it has multiplayer, but they're, but, and their dungeons are great. I'm not knocking anything with Final Fantasy, but it's, uh, you know, something with WoW and a lot of the MMOs is the, is the, is the mechanics are so important to figure out as a team and to talk. And, and that's the fun part about playing multiplayer with it. Um, sure. And that's why, but and if you don't have that, they're not as fun. Um, so I, for me, I would go back with WoW if we had other people playing, maybe. Wait, I'm not saying that out loud. I'm not playing on a show. Um, <laughs> but but uh, it's, um, that that's something that would, even the last time when a couple of people got invested in it, when it was WoW Classic, was the one thing that got me like tempted to come back is that I could play with other people. Um, uh, I'm playing Dark Tide now occasionally, and that follows that same kind of thing. It's like, I play it like one adventure, like one quest or one thing to go is about 20 to 30 minutes per go. Um, mm-hmm. And I play it and then I shut it off because it's just, it feel because it's a, it's intentionally, you play with four people, humans, and you're running through um, and they're just random pickup and you do the thing and you go. Uh, but, but it totally feels like I, I want to be playing with those people that I talk to and, and having sure. a conversation about. So it's not as good um, to play it just by itself where it would be if I was playing with friends. Um, so anyway, Final Fantasy is the exception to that one because that one is an excellent single player game as well. Um, yeah. Hey, you, you want, I'm, I'm not going to spend more than two minutes on this because I don't want to make you mad. But you know uh, what game I installed just yesterday? Um, I installed League of Legends. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 know, I know you're not a big fan of Riot. Um, but uh, Game Pass is earlier in, the, in this month or maybe last month. They... they if you play League of Legends through Game Pass, it unlocks all 160 characters, so you don't have to buy anything. Um, mm. So that's kind of cool. Um, that's even more than Twitter. That's not true. They doubled it. But <laughs> is that what it at is? At one yeah. point, that was that was more than. Uh, it, it's so it's so many it's so many and and I, you know I don't play those very often, um, especially like League of Legends. But you know, Riot, I I like their cartoons, um, or like right. Arcane and such, um, and some of the, some of their stories. Um, and and I'm not going to play it enough to give them money to to like do a thing. Um, but uh, it's without Heroes of the Storm. I guess Heroes of the Storm is still out there. But if I go play Heroes of the Storm, I still have to pay for individual characters and unlock them and play what they got. And it's like, blah. Uh, you can unlock them without money, but yeah, but you have to like play forever to, to do all that. This one, this one is. I guess my point is that this is 160 characters. Like if Blizzard had a thing like, hey, if you're subscribed to our thing, you can unlock all the characters, or or I could do just like what I want to do is pay 20 bucks and have them all unlocked or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Overwatch Two went that same way. I complained about it last week is that it's absurdly expensive now to play the to get anything extra in the game. Right. Uh, so this is the only way I would go back and play League of Legends. Is <laughs> is that it's part part of the Game Pass, and I still think I still maintain that Game Pass is one of the best uh, values you can get out there for stuff. And I'm not an expert. Oh yeah, guy, if you so. if you play a lot of games, we talked about that when I had it. I just don't play enough games to get the value out of it. Hundred percent. Yeah, I I, I get that do, too. It's it's a great deal. Yeah, it's like ten bucks. Like, oh my gosh! Like the Monster Hunter Rise is coming with it. It's got uh, Tunic, which is a wonderful game. It's got the Turtles uh, game that just came out. Runeterra is on it. Um, just it, you know, Dark Tide day and date release type stuff. Halo Infinite. It's got it's got all the good stuff. So, uh, Valheim. Um, it's a ten, for ten bucks, right? Uh, what they say, mm-hmm. price of a movie. Um, you can get it. So here's here here it is. Uh, Microsoft gives us a call for sponsorship on that one. We're not sponsoring. 
Anyway, what else? What else do we got for us today? Get most of our stuff through. Yeah, I um, I started a new talking about board games. I started a new board game with our buddy Fox. Uh, it's not new, um, but it's on Board Game Arena now called Memoir Forty Four. Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> it's a two-player uh, World War Two yeah hex uh, with cards combat game i don't have much to say about it because it's board game arena and i am able to play without knowing how it works it's so old um so old. I'm pr- yeah it's not it's not new i saw it at gen con uh one of the years that my brothers uh came and i was like oh world war ii like i'm always i'm not a super big uh world war ii history guy but um uh it that's a theme that I know is is easy to sell with some of my family, like especially my dad. Sure. And I was like, oh, World War II game. This might be cool kind of thing. And then I saw it was two players, and I was like, oh, never mind. Yeah, it's, um, I think the board game was 2004, I think is, is, is when it was. Um, yeah. I, I, I laughed. The, my laugh came from that was because when we were doing, uh, during the, the COVID times and we were all trying new games, uh, our buddy Trotsky and I would constantly try digital implementations of games and we'd go buy the sure. games on the side and he, and he really hyped up this memoir 44 and he was like hey, there's this you got to download it and i'm going to talk you right into playing it and get a thing and it's as in true trotsky fashion it falls off after a week um right but he was super pumped at it and we played it and we played it good for one night and it was like this game is it's so old looking and it just felt so old mm. and it felt like something i play i should play back in the ipad when the first ipad first launched um with right. mechanics wise and like look and i thought yeah this i just i could not even fathom what he was so hyped excited about it um sure knowing him he had some kind of like oh it plays the right amount of people with the right amount of time when the right amount of rules and the like there's a lot of meta that goes into what his that's that's been a yeah that's been a gag for the last this past year or so is trotsky's like this is my favorite game that x Excuse me. Uh, you know, this is my favorite game that is smaller than a deck of cards and plays at least seven people. And I get some of that too. I mean, that's <laughs> right. just like I said, the games that are that are an easy sell with my family. It's part of why I liked um, Seven Wonders Architects so much. It's like it plays seven, but it's pretty easy to play and to teach. And you know, I buy a lot of uh, game game right games sushi go and and stuff like that because they're they're light but not you know they're still games right it's not apples to apples or cards against humanity like there is still there are still mechanics there's still strategy but it's easy to teach and you know the themes are not too um inscrutable yeah i i think what i i like what I'm kind of more into these days um, with board games are games that are excellent. And, and okay, mm. that's that's a terrible word because that means a lot of stuff. Uh, I, sure. well, I guess what I'm saying is, um, let me give an example. I thought that, um, uh, oh, shoot, now I forget the name of it. Gloomhaven was excellent. Um, okay, sure. I, I, I thought um, um, the Pandemic Legacy was excellent. Like when it came out, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and by that I mean like games that hit every or uh, Mechs versus Minions. That's one I think is still in my top ten easy games of all time. Uh, okay. Excellent from from all things. Like when you play a game, you feel 
when you're done, you feel like that was that was a fun time. Even if I lost or whatever, all of the time spent playing this game was an enjoyable game. And then the most important part of it is that I want to play it again. Like that mm-hmm. I that maybe not immediately, but like this is one that don't don't get rid of this game. Let's pull this out again. And when someone says, "Hey, what should we play?" Here's five choices, and that's one of them. You're like, "Yeah, I I, I missed that. Let's do that again." That's an excellent game to me. Um, and and I know that can mean a lot, but to some sure. people, it's like, "Oh, I just, an excellent game to me is that one we can play in ten minutes, and I have a, a quick good time, and then I'm I'm over with." It. I think Seven Wonders Architects kind of one of those examples. It's like it's fine; it's a mindless game. It's got a lot of excellent points to it, and from from reasons from that meta reasons, but like, mm-hmm. it's not. It's there's nothing, no substance to it, right? Um, sure. I, I, don't, I don't mean to knock that game because you keep brought that up because because it is a great game and I would give it to a lot of people, especially for Christmas. Well, and it good, good and Christmas, it right? and it depends on the person, right? Like totally, totally, you know, yeah, yeah. You you and I have have been friends for almost a decade, and I've you know known most of our friend group even longer than that. Mm-hmm. And you start to learn like here are the things, and everybody. You know, people have flexibility, right? Totally, They'll play yeah. things that are that are outside of their ideal, right? It's part of our whole thing about the different reasons people go to Gen Con. Um, our buddy Pat comes to mind, who has a lot of games that he likes that nobody else will play. And so he plays in tournaments and stuff in Gen- at Gen Con. Um, I, I like to n- not be trapped in a social situation so yeah, i don't right, love right. you know a six hour game even if it's with people that i like being around i you know yeah. after two three hours i'm like i don't want to be here anymore yeah um, no right yeah it's funny G- game uh, of thrones my, <laughs> right exactly game of thrones um mom texted me a little earlier this evening um she has some uh family friends actually house sat for them last year year before i guess because i've been in the camper for over a year um and they're they're big gamers they have all the all the variants of seven wonders and they play um it's part of my whole thing with with architects is that i bought original vanilla seven wonders and teaching it to my family was not a nightmare but fairly miserable experience at least for me Hmm. um it's too you know, it was one of the things we say about Board Game Arena. It's like once you take all the admin out of that game, it's really just a, a slightly more complicated sushi go. Um, yeah. But where was I? Oh, uh, mom texted me that their the mom in that family was looking for a game to get their her sons, boys, whatever. Um, and I was like, oh well. Like, if they like Lord of the Rings stuff, there's Journeys of Middle-Earth, um, just because that's a kind of unique thing. But I know it's kind of pricey, so I didn't ask, you know, go into I was just like, well, there's this. And then the other one that sprung to mind was uh, Northgard. Northgard, sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, uh, that's a good one, for sure. She she specified strategy games, so I was like, okay, Seven Wonders kind of, kind of people. And I know... Um, my brother Andrew played a lot of games with those guys when he lived closer. Um, and they do the kind of strategy a little heavier, maybe a little more in the, in the kind of, um, uh, uh, range of games that you really like. Mm -hmm. Um, because you like some heavier stuff, but not all the way into the, the twilight Imperiums and the Terra Mysticas. 
of the of the gaming space but you like right. something a little more than um than like a seven wonders architects or yeah a, uh, right well uh, and, and i feel i kind of felt to, to, to be clear i felt a little bad say, saying like that that's not an excellent because because it is but very many things you and i have talked so much that that we are about these, these games it's too much to say that anything's good or bad that's really that's really difficult to say it's it's all a matter of perspective and in everything that we, we talk about what, here what what do you, what do you like what are you like um who yeah. are you playing with what kind of um i don't want to say what kind of people that sounds too judgmental but like you know i don't think anybody is you know <laughs> i almost just flew off with a generalization anybody whose parents are over 50 is probably not going to teach their mom Terra Mystica. Yeah, right. Or or even uh uh what's that one with a root with the root. animals. Yeah. And stuff. Like you you have to take into account your your players, right? For sure. Your your core group. Um and yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the I, whole I, thing. I, it's I, like my, anything. My final thoughts on cuz we're getting here to long on our show. Uh, I have just got in my Kickstarter version of One Deck Galaxy. Now they had a this company mm-hmm. had a, has a game called One Deck Dungeon. It was out right. in Sydney, and I loved playing that one. It's like a little mini campaign type thing that you play in a little bitty box, as they say, kind of like the tiny yeah, epic I, stuff. I kickstarted the first one. Yeah, and, and and it was very fun. I I really enjoyed it. It's got a simple premise that you can play with some stuff. It's got a campaign that's not necessarily well thought out, but it's fine. It lets you play several games in a row with some changes. Um, so I, I did about a year and a half ago, I think, maybe two years ago, I uh, uh, saw One Deck Galaxy at a Gen Con um, and demoed it with them, and they were excited about it. I was excited about it. It had a lot of the – it looked like the, several of the, the mechanics from the first one, but improved. Um, so that came in today. It's one to two players, which makes me excited because I can play that solo or with Sydney. Um, so, uh, it's sitting there on my table behind me. So maybe I'll play that one pretty soon, but I'm a, a little excited about that one. I've got the only other Kickstarter I've got left left is tiny Viking, tiny Epic Vikings that sometime next year coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, ho- hopefully I'll play some one deck galaxy and be able to get some reviews. Uh, the only down- downside to those one deck games is they are only like two player max. Um, if yeah. it's, that's only a downside if you have more than two players that you want to play with. Um, but I can't take it to like a game night. Right. It's um, right. Uh, but but that being said, there is I am a super happy person for having, you know, one or two player games out there in the world or or what I would prefer. Honestly, what I would prefer is games that you can play up to four players, but are really good at one to two, you know, or two players, sure. I should say, because um, sure. a lot of games that have four to six player or say uh, two to six, it'll say are usually either played really good with four six but like two it's not that great or something um and i really pre- yeah. obviously i appreciate solo stuff too so yeah and there are a lot that like you can do this with one or two but you have to change some rules you gotta or you're playing two characters or right right yeah right. so it's it's not it's kind of like here's you can play it um so uh but yeah those those my favorite are, are the ones that are are good at any player count type thing which is which is difficult but uh good but anyway one deck galaxy is only uh, up to two maximum, um, which is kind of a deterrent too, because you can't go any further if you wanted to play with friends. And if I really like this game, I can't take it to game night and all of us play it. Um, right. We we are looking to play to maybe start the the 
we haven't played we played the first journeys to middle earth when it first released Mm -hmm. uh quest we played all the way through that and then since then they've had a couple expansions i think our group is looking to get back into that one um start of the new year so i'm nice I'm, i'm kind of happy about that one it's you know it's fun and it's got mechanics, but you don't need to know them all. And the, all the maintenance is done behind the screen with the, the app. With the um, app, yeah. The admin stuff, I mean. So that, that makes it even more fun. Uh, so I'm, I think I'm looking forward to that one uh, coming up. But yeah. yeah, that's what that's what we got this week, man. I think I think we saved some lives here tonight. <laughs> yeah, we were light on content, but we filled out the middle with some good Blizzard rants. <laughs> which are always, I'm sure, very popular. all right well you've been listening to the front porch this episode uh 275 thanks always to our friends at lrm online uh we mentioned earlier i'm pretty sure our buddy fox has done a review on avatar Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. uh, penultimate airbender that's not even (laughs) it's not even a good joke um what the water it's it's avatar the water water, nation the movie whatever it's called yeah yeah uh, the water nation. <laughs> um, if you want to email us and tell us everything we're wrong about video game companies and no, I, or how I fantastic Dennis is right I, on all his choices. I, I right? always, I always invite the negative, negative, yeah, invite the back. positive. If, Give us some of the, yeah. That's right. If you have recommendations or suggestions for things that we should watch and discuss, uh, uh, we welcome those. Uh, you can reach us via email. Our address is front porch pod at gmail.com or you can go to our website frontporchpodcast.com and use contact forms there i think i will have some show notes this week i mentioned a youtube video earlier and uh maybe something else uh if you enjoy the show please consider subscribing and while you're on those apps and services if you would leave us a review we always appreciate that it helps us out a lot as always thanks so much for joining us until next time i'm dennis and i'm michael for the front porch night everybody See you next time.